Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Alexi Lawless, and welcome to the State of the Union podcast presented by State Farm, uh, where we look at the beautiful game on and off the field through the lens of red, white, and blue colored glasses. Joining me, as always, my friend, my colleague, my guiding light, David, what's your name again? David Mossy, a soccer savant and a Fox soccer researcher and writer extraordinaire. Mossy, welcome back to the show, my friend. You were not Wally Pipped. We missed you last night. Not even the great Heather uh, O'Reilly and Stu Holden could fill the massive shoes uh, and responsibility that is you. So you are back. So thank you very much. Thank you. My mother, by the way, finds Heather O'Reilly to be a very interesting performer. As we all do. You know, she's, she's full of energy, that Heather O'Reilly. That yes. hail. She brings the energy. But I did want to address my absence. Okay, um, good. It was a tight window in between two matches. I probably could have made it, but I'm still scarred by Sean Sullivan's disastrous time management on our first day, which caused me to be late to an important meeting. Uh, Jim Caldwell over there in the control room. Um, so I didn't want to risk it, so I bowed out. Uh, but Judy Boyd uh, told everybody today that I got bumped from the pod for Stu and Heather. So that story is circulating. There's, there are stories circulating. We should have one of those um, gazettes, if you will, every single day with all of the different uh, controversies and rumors that are flying around. So that is definitely flying around. I can say, at least from my perspective, there's other, other perspectives, but my perspective was that you are so valuable to this com company and so many people want you and you get pulled in so many different directions that it wasn't, we could, we could risk not having you on a show. As sad as it made me and to all your fans out there, my, uh, my wife mentioned you. She was like, boy, Mossy's blowing up out there. You know, she, she watches the show and she follows on social media and everything like that. So you're all over the place, my man. But I, you, you kind of like it, right? No, I do. We're off to a great start here and uh, looking forward to many more pods in the coming weeks. Uh, you mentioned the great Judy Boyd. She is uh, off uh, in the uh, side here watching us. Now, are you going to be able to function and do the show despite having our bosses, uh, you know, basically with us on set? I am choosing to believe this is an audition for a TV studio role. Oh, okay. Well, that's what, uh, that's what we'll go with. Uh, we'll do some, a couple of things. Uh, round up the games here. And again, we are coming to you live as we uh, do every single day from Sydney at our Fox uh, studios down here in the Sydney Harbor. Uh, we have uh, already done two games today. We are coming to you before the Canada-Ireland game, which is coming up but later. And obviously, we are coming to you uh, before the U.S. game, the second game of the group stage against the Netherlands. So we will preview that 
Anything that you want to say on the two games that we have just already seen? Well, we have our first two confirmed knockout stage participants, Japan and Spain, both advanced today. Spain continued to mesmerize. I am frankly worried because the Brazil women handed the U.S. their worst ever defeat, 4-0 in the 2007 semis. And I'm worried that if the U.S. were to play Spain in this tournament, that record could fall. I think if you are watching this from a U.S. perspective, and obviously on the State of the Union, that's what we kind of do through the lens of red, white, and blue colored glasses, the last thing in the world that you want is this Spanish team. And the, I mean, the amazing thing is, is this is not even their full team. It still blows my mind that there are still players that because of the drama and the behind-the-scenes stuff and the back-and-forth that, uh, that went on, that they didn't bring their full team, and yet they are still this good. And they have kind of gotten over that hump of not quite ready for prime time. I was uh, talking to Jimmy Conrad earlier on the, uh, on the show, and... You know, the whole Spanish thing, and this applies to Barcelona, this applies to the Spanish national team from the men's perspective, the whole masturbatory type of just passing, 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 just passing possession without actual purpose. They have purpose. Now, they still missed a bunch of shots today, as they did in their first game. So it's not completely ruthless. There's not a German ruthlessness in what they do. But uh, this is, I I don't, I mean, I'm I'm not uh, giving it away, but... I don't think anything that happened today is going to change the number one spot in my power rankings when it comes to, to, comes to Spain. By the way, Chris Felica had the over. It was four and a half, so it was high drama in the last few minutes of that game. Really? He did have the over? Yes. He's amazing. That dude is amazing, the, the ability to pick that stuff. Let me just say, though, all jokes aside, an interesting aspect of this World Cup so far is that if you go through each of the groups and identify what the best game is, mm-hmm. in none of the groups have we seen that best game yet. So we've been reduced to watching good teams beat bad teams and judge them on style points. And that can be dangerous because there are certain teams that their style of play is such that it's more conducive to blowing out a lesser team, while other more pragmatic sides aren't uh, as equipped to do that. So, for example, Brazil looked incredibly impressive against Panama. They put on a show while Sweden struggled against South Africa. But if you put Brazil and Sweden on a field tomorrow, I think I'd still pick Sweden to win. All right, and we have obviously uh, coming up later the Japan and Spain, and uh, and for us from a U.S. perspective, that second game. Uh, should we talk about uh, what's happening in uh, for, for the U.S.? Yes, because we finally do have a great game between the two best teams in a group. We haven't had that yet. Yeah, and to your point, we have you know it's been basically a training exercise. Was the game against uh, Vietnam for the uh, for the U.S.? This is the first time that this team is going to be tested this tournament. So for all intents and purposes, the game uh, tomorrow for us here uh, is going to be the start of the World Cup for this women's national team. And and we're talking about testing. Uh, Julie Ertz, for example, two years off. She's playing in the back now, and that was not necessarily the initial plan, but she's playing in the back now. She did absolutely nothing. It's not her fault against Vietnam. Uh, Alessanaire in goal. Now, the U.S. should still beat the Netherlands. Keep in mind, this is the team that the U.S. uh, beat in the uh, final four years ago to win the whole thing. The U.S. should still beat the Netherlands. But this is at least going to give the U.S. defense and the whole team a different type of test and certainly one dramatically different than Vietnam. Do you foresee any changes? I think Rose Lavelle potentially could come back in if she is healthy. But do you see any other changes that Black Donoski is going to make? The two big questions would be Rose Lavelle. She did all the pre-match interviews, which makes you think she's going to start, although that might have been Vladko throwing a little curveball to the Dutch, making them think she's going to start, and then she doesn't. The other question would be Julie Ertz, as you mentioned. I think there is a world in which she moves up to the midfield and takes Andy Sullivan's spot, and 
uh, Cook comes in alongside Gurma, I don't know, or he might keep Ertz at, in the center of the fence. So those would be the two big questions for me. But do you think that the, the, the top three stay the same? I think the top three stay the same. It'll be Smith, Morgan, and Rodman. Because I was talking earlier with, uh, with Heather O'Reilly, and she seemed to think uh, that potentially Lynn Williams could come in. You never know what Flacco's uh, going to do, and especially because this is a group stage type of game. And, you know, not that, not, not that he wants to lose or anybody wants to lose, but there is a longevity type of play, uh, play here. Uh, yeah, I don't think that ultimately you change anything. So, again, we, uh, we have Alex uh, up top and Trinity and Sophia. This is also going to be not only for the team, but for someone like Sophia Smith, who is a star in the making. And this is the platform that she is going to use to really come out as the international star. This is where she gets tested because the competition against Vietnam did not offer any competition. And so now if she's going to win Golden Boots, if she is going to be the the player when it comes to this U.S. team, she's got to step it up. And this is a good thing. I'm, I'm excited. I hope that uh, this team is excited uh, to, uh, you know, to show us something more. And, you know, we keep referencing the 2019 final, but yeah. that was under Joe Ellis. Uh, the U.S. and the Netherlands did play under Vladko Nos. It was the quarterfinals of the last Olympics, finished 2-2. The U.S. advanced on penalties. Um, and generally under Vladko, the U.S. has left me cold whenever they've faced elite opposition. So I'll be interested to see if they can come out and put on a good performance and have a statement win. I don't know. I think this is, I still maintain this is pretty close to a 50-50 game. This is, this is still early days, but we've now done multiple World Cups. It, I don't, and it's hard. I don't know if you can. But can you put yourself in the position of a couple games in the last World Cup? Are you more or less confident in this team? And I know through World Cups, our confidence has grown. But are you more or less confident right now than you were, let's say, a cycle ago? I would say less confident. You're less confident. Yeah, because less... of the rest of the world's caught up or because you don't think that this team is as strong as those previous teams? Because I don't think this team is as strong as those previous teams. There's something about the U.S. under Vladko. I know the numbers seem great. Nine wins out of nine this calendar year. He's only lost five games out of 60-something. So on the surface, you look at it and say, what's the problem? But it's just left me cold the last four years. I don't think they've been as lethal, as ruthless as they've been in the past. So I think they're more vulnerable to get picked off in this World Cup. Hmm. So you're saying 50-50 against the Netherlands uh, for tomorrow. Uh, big injury news out of the Dutch camp. Yep. Uh, one of their starting forwards, Lynette uh, Berenstain, uh, looks like she's going to miss the match. The coach today said 3% chance uh, <laughs> that right. she plays. 3%? Yeah. Now, she is a winger by trade, but she's been playing as a center forward because another player, Vivian Miedema, their best player, their all-time leading scorer, is out of this World Cup. So now if... She's out as well. It's back to the drawing board for them. But there are other names of note. Lika Martin, a former World Player of the Year. Uh, Brutz, an up-and-coming star. Jill Ruard, who just swapped uh, Wolfsburg from Manchester City. Excellent player. Uh, the very experienced uh, Spitzer in the midfield. So it's a, it's a good team with some names of note. I think it'll be a very interesting test for the U.S. Do you think, uh, and we'll move on for this in a second, but um, do you think if the U.S. were to go out and look, from a Fox perspective, obviously we want the U.S. to do well. We want them to go far. We want them to win and get to the final at the very, at the very least. But if they were to come out, and you already put this at a 50-50 proposition, if they were to come out and lose to the Netherlands, what level of DEFCON would uh, American soccer be at in terms of the reaction? It would be bad because it would be indicative of what I've been saying, that under Vladko against elite opposition, the U.S. hasn't been as dependable as they have been in the past. So this would be a first indicator of that. It would make you worried come the knockout stage. 
Uh, listen, we will break this down uh, on our uh, all of, on all of our different platforms that we have out there, including uh, including here going forward. Because to your point, this is going to be one of those uh, one of those marker types of games, and a lot of the opinions going forward, especially as this team tries to have three in a row, historic, never been done, men's or women's. And is it fair? No, but we live in the moment, and the moment that we are in is U.S. versus Netherlands. And win, and it's, oh, here we go. We are on a rocket ride, and this is a team that you can get behind. Lose, and to your point, a lot of people are going to say, hey, this is not as good as, uh, as a team. And certainly if they were to lose, they can still go on and get out of the group. That's not necessarily the, the problem. But ultimately, this is about winning, uh, winning the World Cup. And we will have all of the coverage. Like I said, two-hour pregame show starting at uh, what would be, let's see, 7 o'clock uh, uh, 7 o'clock Eastern Time PM for the two-hour pregame show, and then uh, kick is at, uh, at 9. And then we have all sorts of stuff that's going on. We have uh, Women's, World, uh, Women's World Cup now uh, starting at 8.15, 45 minutes before here on Twitter and uh, on our digital side. So we got, we got you covered when it comes to this game and when it comes to the U.S. Women's National Team. All right, should we transition over to the other big story when it comes to soccer? Let's do it. This dude uh, by the name of Messi, all right, continues to score goals. Obviously, uh, Lionel Messi coming to Major League Soccer has been a huge, huge story. And he started out scoring one of the great goals uh, in, I guess it would be Major League Soccer history when all is said and done, on a free kick. Oh, wonderful. So now he actually starts. He came on as a substitute in his first game with, uh, with, with Inter-Miami. Now today, and I was uh, watching it at my hotel before I came into work, he comes in and gets his first start in uh, 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 in Miami, again in front of that Miami crowd, and Inter Miami goes and completely demolishes Atlanta United for nothing. Now, a couple of things, Mossy, because I, I, I watched some of the reaction to this, and this is to be expected. This is what we do. I, I get it. I understand. But Messi scoring goals should no longer, and actually, to be quite honest, should never be a surprise to anybody. Regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the team that he is playing for or the team that he is playing against. Six months ago, when Messi was winning a World Cup, or a year ago, when Messi was dominating uh, with PSG, or a few years ago, when Messi was dominating with uh, Barcelona in, uh, in La Liga, I did not see the reaction that I saw today after Messi went and got, uh, got a couple of goals that this should be a referendum on Major League Soccer and that this should be held up as, a, uh, as part of the criticism of the lack of defending or the lack of quality defending. Nobody said, oh, uh, Liga, uh, uh, La Liga needs to go and fix the defenders out there and this is just horrible defense. This is what Messi does. And we don't need, as I said, to hold it up and use it. And I think that that's, that's something that's happening right now. And if you can't enjoy Messi scoring goals, regardless of the circumstances, and in this case, it's coming into a new league, then you have no soul, you have no heart. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy it. Not everything has to signify and mean something uh, relative to what Major League Soccer is, or what Major League Soccer isn't, or what American Soccer is, or what American Soccer isn't. Just sit back and enjoy one of the greatest players, arguably the greatest player ever to play the game, continuing to do what he has done better than anybody else out there, which is score goals. But you knew it was coming. Of course I knew it's coming. This is what we do. And, it's, and it, comes from, it comes from within. It comes from our insecurity. It comes from our inferiority complex. 
You know, yes, of course it comes. And it comes from outside. But I don't understand why it doesn't also come when he's doing it in a, a place in Europe. Why isn't everybody screaming and yelling and saying, you know what? You know what League uh, needs to really, really do? They need to go and work and spend money and get better defenders. They need to go. It's this horrible defending in League uh, All right? You know what they didn't do in, in Liga MX? Uh, excuse me, not Liga MX. La Liga? They didn't say, oh, this is just horrible defending in, uh, in La Liga. They didn't do that. No. But when Messi does it here, oh, it's because MLS can't defend. MLS doesn't have defenders. And I was talking to Jimmy Conrad about this. You know what? Why are you complaining that people aren't defending more? I, I, this is from a defender. I don't give a crap if, de if, if defenders are good. I want to see goals. I want to see attacking soccer. I don't want MLS to know, now go run out and spend money on defenders. That's not sexy. Nobody gives a crap about that. People want to see goals. And Messi score go scores goals. People do not want to see defending. I can appreciate it, but I know I'm in the minority. I get what sells. And you know what sells? Scoring goals. And that's what he does. Anyway. But would, would it not be better if he has some bad games too sprinkled in? Is there not a weird tipping point where it, I, if, I he, up, if he I, does what, I understand he, exactly what he did today what every game and it looks like he's not even breaking a sweat and doing it, that that reflects somewhat poorly on the But league. why? Why does it reflect <laughs> poorly? Six months ago, the dude was winning the freaking World Cup. And now he's a shit player? Are you kidding me? This is insane. No, I understand what you're saying. And for him to come over and just waltz through the, waltz through the league, but that's, that's what he does. Believe me, Messi is going to have off nights. There are going to be games where he doesn't score. I will say, though, a couple of games has been enough for me to think that Inter-Miami are not only going to make the playoffs, they're going to be a very dangerous team in the playoffs. Well, here, here's the thing, all right? Messi has now scored, what, uh, three goals in his two games that he has played. Yeah. He has yet to score in Major League Soccer. He has scored within Major League Soccer because, again, as a reminder, he is playing right now, as all MLS teams are, in this, what's it, what are they calling it? League's Cup. League's Cup. All right, uh, incredible history. No, this is the first edition, the first year of League's Cup which is all of the MLS teams and all of the Liga MX teams playing in an actual tournament. So who knows? His first accomplishment might be leading Inter-Miami to the first ever League's Cup, and we will, see, we will have that money shot of Messi holding up a trophy. But as soon as, the, as soon as this tournament is over, he goes back to the reality of being in last place with Inter-Miami. Does he have enough time to bring them back into the playoffs? Yeah, because this is Major League Soccer and things, uh, and things can happen. But it might be a very different situation ultimately when these teams get back to the actual playing of, uh, uh, of the, uh, the league, the regular league, I guess it would be. I mean, to end on a positive note, it has been just an incredible start. It's awesome. Storybook. I mean, it reminds me of Zlatan against yeah. LAFC coming on, scoring that double. Better first goal, Zlatan or, uh, or Messi? Messi's Zlatan. free kick or Zlatan, right? Because it elicited that iconic John Strong call. Come on, oh, come on. Oh, it's awesome. And it was, you know, again, uh, I, you know, I'll repeat, that was actually done in MLS, all right? Not in this, you know, it's not ridiculous. It's a, it's a fun new little type of thing that's, uh, that's going on with this tournament. So I will, you know, can he do it on a, on a Tuesday night in Columbus, Ohio, or something like that? You know, that's, that's going to be the, uh, the argument. But anyway, this is all good, to your point. This is all good. This is all, uh, all positive. Anything before we go? Well, you mentioned we have uh, Canada-Ireland coming yep. up. With a loss, the Irish would be eliminated, which means all their fans here in Sydney would go to a bar to drink their sorrows away. If they win, those same fans will go to the bar to drink out of happiness. <laughs> so either way. They will. They, uh, they will. Um, we're going to have all sorts of coverage like we, uh, like we said. But like, my God, this thing is killing me. Look at this. Can you see this? I got up today, and 
I, I got up and I was coming to work and I just pulled these on. Have you ever done this where you just pull it and I pull it too tight? Ugh. I told you I'd give you a little peek behind the scenes of what's going on. I have that and then I have these shoes that I wear and I can't get them white. So if you have any tricks, and I know the hydrogen peroxide and there's wipes and all that kind of stuff, I put them in a bucket before I came and I still couldn't get all the stains out this, of it. This would be tonight's tie segment. Right. And you well, wonder why I have a scowl well, on my face. And last, <laughs> and last time you weren't happy about my attitude when I uh, brought up my tie thing. Correct. Eh, okay, whatever. Uh, anything before we go? By the way, Judy Boyd, long gone. She <laughs> stayed for a few so, minutes. She's <laughs> like, I'm not watching this crap. Okay. Uh, anything before we go? That's it. All right. Well, thank you to State Farm. Thank you to everybody for reviewing and uh, uh, rating and subscribing and doing all the different things uh, that you do out there. We'll be back here every single day here from Sydney at the uh, Women's World Cup. And big, big U.S. Women's National Team game day. USA versus Netherlands. Bring it, baby. And until then, as always, size the day.